when I finished up in practice, my wonderful assistant and PA coordinated a project for everybody who wanted to write a note to me to thank me for being part of their world and their their life and their family's life over many years, over 20 odd years. It was this huge book she bound it up for me. And my last day of practice, I'm reading through this, I'm just bursting into tears where I'm just reminded back of the memories and the, and the love and the appreciation people have for what we expressed and did out of wanting to help and serve and how much value and gratitude they had for that. So to actually see it, to receive it, it's a beautiful gift. And carrying on from what you said with your teacher, it'd be a wonderful thing to receive if you feel that there's someone like that who's really significantly played a big role in your life as well. Welcome to Wabi Sabi. Jim and I are here once again on a beautiful week. Uh, he's in Spain. I'm in Portugal, and uh, it's a beautiful week. It has been. I don't know it what has been. And, and what a week or so it's been for you, Lawrence. You've had so oh, much going it on. It's been... actually two weeks. So you've got you've you've got to bring us yep. up to date with what's been going on in your world. And yeah, anybody who's been listening to us for a while would be very excited to hear what's been going on for you. Yeah. So obviously, in contrast, like uh, we actually officially released the podcast this yep. week, and so you guys listening, this will be episode. I have no idea what number, but you're gonna listen to this about four or five yeah. months down the track. So it would be kind of weird, but at the same time, this has been a really um, exceptional week because yes, Wabi Sabi podcast went out live. But more importantly, I think Jim was hinting at was the you know the the two significant things. I was my house was about to close, you know, and you know, I've been going back and forth with this. Like everybody's like, "Oh, you must be so excited." I'm like, "No, not really," because I've I've learned to not be excited about the, you know, the house uh, closing because I've been expecting it six months ago, and every time they say, "Oh, just two more weeks, just two more weeks," and when you hear that two more weeks, you know, a few more times, you're just like, "Okay, I know what that two weeks means. It just means like it's coming later." <laughs> So uh, it doesn't actually mean two weeks. So we've been waiting for about six months and we have officially, uh, actually the day of recording is the, well, very close to my wife's birthday. It's, it's tomorrow. And uh, we sold, we bought this house uh, about a year wow. ago. And uh, we moved in literally shy of a year um, into this house. And so that was huge. And, but here's the thing we were, we didn't know when the house was going to close and we knew it was going to be closed, but it was also a two week holiday for us here for the kids. Mm. And we're like, do we wait? Do we hang on? I'm like, that's not really fair on the kids nor on us that we're holding on to something that may or may not happen for the last six months. So like, just let's screw this. We're going to screw this off and let's just go, let's go book a holiday. So we did, we went away to Italy, uh, a few days in Lake Como, absolutely beautiful venice and then milan and then came back and i felt honestly seven days felt like it was two weeks holiday and it was a sensational it was beautiful it was great to be with the family and i really enjoyed it and then the day after i booked it the bank calls and said we're ready to settle <laughs> I'm like of course we are of course we are and uh, i'm like well i can either cancel the, the trip i'm like no way i'm like you're just gonna have to do it after i get back and um and the sellers were gonna be away anyways anyways it worked out and after i got back the day after we we got back we literally moved in uh we signed the paperwork, and uh so we've been moving in for the last few days and we're still kind of in the process of doing that so it's been a big it week. has been a lot and that's right a couple of weeks ago when we recorded last or a few weeks ago we recorded last i should say you said listen i can't do it next week because uh 
I'm going away. So I got bumped for a better offer, which was um, late coma. And I, I don't blame yeah. you. I don't, hey, I, don't, I don't hold it against yeah. you. That was really wonderful. <laughs> I really love you to talk about, and you, you hinted at that a little bit, is the contrast, you know, like the high highs and the low lows and how you manage expectations. And we've talked about it before about, you know, basically priming you, yourself to a specific date that comes and goes and then you set yourself up for disappointment. So how did you keep – because this, you know, I work in finance. I understand the concepts of delayed settlement, but this was outside of expectations. So what did you have to do yeah. and who did you need to be in order to keep reestablishing or just ma- maintaining your headspace in, in, in the ga- and staying in the game without going sort of crazy? Yeah, I think – you know, it's interesting because the contrast uh, that uh, my wife and I have had over the years. So, just to kind of put in, let's just so that's a background story for those who are just joining us for the very first time. I've been in Portugal for almost a year now, so about eleven months. You know, and and in that time, we've moved six times. So that's on average about every two months we're moving, and this is our sixth home uh, that we moved into, and hopefully they'll be the last for a while. And we've been moving and living in other Airbnbs, which is a very costly exercise, but also just draining. And in terms of, you know, space and also moving and constantly lugging luggage around every couple of months or so. And so the expectation when we first arrived was that we were only going to do that for maybe three to four months. So how did I manage that? I think the mindset required us to do one of two things. One, be bitter, be angry, be frustrated that, things weren't going our way or two, accept that the reality is the reality that it is. And we have to manage our expectations accordingly. Either way, what I'd recognize is that you have the, like the, the matter that the, the house wasn't ready, right. Or whatever the expectation I was expecting wasn't going to happen. I, whether I'd be angry about it or frustrated with it, or whether it be at peace with it, it didn't change the fact the house wasn't ready. Like it's not going to speed it up in any way. And so I had to come to the realization to sit back and just go, well, I, why be in anger and frustration, you know, constantly, not that I say I was a Zen Buddhist through this whole process. Right. But I feel like Karen and I did a really good job in maintaining our, our poise through the process because we just made a choice not to live in that type of state. And I think that's a choice. I think that's a choice all of us have at any given moment in time. I'm not saying it was easy. I think it's really extremely hard. But I think most of our stresses in our lives are usually due to unmanaged expectations and our ability to kind of cope with it. And I think personally is that whenever we are have these expectations, we can either lower the expectations and main, but maintain the standard standard or we just live in constant frustration mm-hmm. and fear. And I just didn't want to do that. And so we coped, we adapt. And, you know, as chiropractors and, you know, as healthcare professional, one of the things we talk about a lot is how do we adapt our body to the environment that we live in? And that's, you know, we, that's a choice that I, I did. So the mindset I had to switch gears towards is like, okay, well, this is what it is. I don't like it, but it's also out of my mm-hmm. control. And so there's these three circles I kind of think of my, my life. And I might've discussed this before, but the three circles are, One, anything that happens in your life usually falls into one of these three circles. Things that you can control, things you can't control, and things you can influence on, have influence on. And in this matter about the house, I had no control over that. 
you know, I might have had a little bit of influence on it, make push them harder, but really had no control over it. It was out of my because a lot of it was weather and supply chain issues and a whole bunch of things. So what can I control? Well, what I could control was my emotion, how I handle it, my expectations, and and how I just deal with people in general. And how can I influence? Well, I can influence maybe putting some pressure on using lawyers or you know, putting pressure on them and, you know, ask nicely. Those are things I can have influence on. So I think if you think of life like that in those three buckets, anything that happens to you, put in one of those buckets. Because really, if something falls into the bucket of non-control, that you have no control over, like the weather, like why put any more energy Mm -hmm. into it? So that's how I kind of think. Okay, so I'm curious because, so you got in and correct me if I'm wrong, sometimes you'll walk in and, and, there's the outcome. You finally get the outcome. And even with the outcome, there's going to be things that it may not be perfect as well. Right. Oh, so dude, you walked into the house, you went perfect. 12 months, woohoo, whatever. And wow, everything's exactly that like they said that was going to be like. Everything's perfect. And how, what was it like? It wasn't perfect <laughs> at all. Like there are, like I literally, we already had a list, uh, like during final inspection, probably a list of about at least 10 to 15 things that wasn't fixed, corrected, or done yet okay and once you move in i literally have a list of at least 15 to 20 things to add to that like little things but you don't notice it when you're just observing you notice it when you kind of go well this doesn't move well like this door is kind of stuck why is that there why is the cupboard bent like we literally in our cupboards don't have handles on them because they didn't have time they couldn't the supply chain they say you know and it's like okay they supposed to have cleaned the pool. It's freaking full of pine yeah. cones and stuff. And, you know, it's like these little things are, was really annoying. And this goes to the fact of when, if you're in a service industry, by the way, any product or service industry, you can have the best product, best service. But if you've done one thing wrong, like just like small little things, these one small little things on the delivery could really ruin the experience. Okay. And we moved it. Like, it's a beautiful home. Don't get me wrong. I want to appreciate this home. It's really nice. It's great. It's, we love it. That definitely took the shine when I first walked in the house. Things weren't clean, dust everywhere, stuff, construction stuff left, like cement left in the garage and drawers. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you, it's a brand yeah. new home. It's like, it's frustrating to see. And that can ruin the experience of, you know, expecting. It's almost like, can you imagine you bought a brand new car to put in the bought a brand new car, maybe a car, dream car and stuff. And you showed up at a lot instead of a red bowl, like, you know, a red, you know, bowl yeah. to, to congratulate you and all the stuff. No, it's just dirty. It's dirt. And it's got mud all over it. Um, and they deliver you the keys. And well, here you go, sir. Here's mm-hmm. your keys to your brand new car. That's what it felt like uh, going to this, this house after a year. And and so, yeah, like I was pretty annoyed um, with everything. And I still kind of just handling that emotion. But I do have to see the other side. I'm like, okay, these things are going to get fixed. Hope we hope. Fingers crossed. But the reality is, is that I had to step back over the last couple of days and really ask my wife. It's like, what can we appreciate about this moment? Like, what can we really appreciate about this? Like, we're in our house finally, you know, after a year. We're finally in our space. We actually finally have a home. Like, all of these little things that we can, could be overshadowed by all the negative stuff. So, yeah. It, you know, it's a really good point that you make there, Lawrence, because the, I guess the essence of our conversation today is going to be around appreciation, gratitude, all those kind of things. And it's, it's all well and good and it's very easy when you were the last week when you're on 
at Lake Como with your family, looking at the most amazing, some of the most beautiful areas of the world, and appreciating the beauty of that. And then it's and it's like it's wonderful, and it's it's almost easier. Yet when you are in a scenario that challenges you, where things aren't exactly as you expected, that really, you know, basically you're you're at your wit's end. That's actually even more. That's what I found. It's actually even more important to find the the points of gratitude in those moments to give you yeah. some grounding, because otherwise it will spiral you out and just take you down a rabbit hole and a, a mindset and a narrative that just doesn't serve you. And so that to me Absolutely. is what yeah, the contrast right. that I take out. It's so out of that. true. Yeah, it's so easy when things are beautiful and everything's going yeah. right to find appreciation, but to find appreciation when things are not going right and dark and that happens every yeah. day right for most people like i mean if you really think about it a lot of times we're we're chasing after a goal most of us have goals and we're actually and by by in the essence of the word goals it's something you haven't achieved yet and so in theoretical you know in theoretical talk i guess the reality is that you're not there yet so which means that you can like right in this moment while you're listening to this podcast and watching us you are somewhat disappointed because you're not, your expectation is that I should have been there. Most of us are probably, we should have been there, but we're not. And so it's, how do you handle that situation on a daily basis? And, and dealing with that disappointment with yourself or with inactions that you may not have taken to get to the goals that you have set for yourself. Yep. What, how do you, how do you do it? Yeah, that? look, very, very similar to that as well too. I, I, I give myself a grace period. If I get frustrated, I honor that. I think for a long time, particularly when I was studying a lot of philosophy and, and Buddhism, I felt that it was almost not right to feel that feeling and I'd somehow suppress it yeah. and, I'd, and I'd go, no, but I shouldn't feel angry and yet I just hadn't worked out that that anger, frustration was a natural feeling and so for me I allowed myself to express it, to blow through me and then just move on. And so um, that to me was a really important component and, and so for me, you know, managing my frustrations, I have to have a physical outlet for that. I find that that works very well for me because I have to burn off all this energy first and then I can get into my head and heart and I can sit in gratitude. But for me, you know how sometimes when people are in a, in a frustrated, high-energy state, they try to direct the thought process for themselves. That works really well, but I think I know myself well enough now to know I've got to go burn some energy. So if I was a workout or go hit something or or um, go and train jiu-jitsu or something like that, burn that excess octane, that fuel out of my system to get to a calmer state and then I can go, right, okay, let's reload. That's what works for me. You know, there's two really important things that I want to repeat what you said. I think is really important just to highlight in, in summary of what you said. I think number one is to accept your feelings. I was like you too. Like I was used to push away because I'm the – eternal optimist, yeah. right? I'm the person who's always happy. I shouldn't feel negative things. But at the end of the day, you're a human being. You're supposed to feel those anger, frustration moments. And to push away, I think is denying your human experience, a part of your human experience. Like how do you find love without knowing what, you know, loss is, you know? And I think the, all those human emotions, the anger, the frustrations is the contrast to joy. And I think the joy is greater on the other side. Joy and happiness is greater because the understanding and the pain of fear and anger and, you know, and all those, all those negative thoughts. And so when you can have those contrasting feels, like I think it's important to feel them, but it's what you do with yeah. those feelings. 
that's what's really important. And I like what you said that you kind of did it really fast. And I want to make sure people heard it is that you gave yourself time, but not too much time, but enough time, you know, whatever that time is. And I'm not going to say, suggest here, like it should be 48 hours or 24. Like it depends on what's going on, but I think it's important to have some sort of time frame in your, at least in your own mind, depending on the thing is to going, okay, enough is enough, right? Like enough of being a victim. And it's like, okay, I allow myself to feel being a victim. It's okay to do that. But there's time when you just got to go and switch and then move to take some action other than, other than sitting here being a victim. And I remember that happened to me during COVID. Um, during those years, seems like such a long time ago, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> just those years. Um, and, and it was this moment when we were in lockdown. And man, man I was struggling. I really struggled. I didn't think I was... I thought I was doing okay, but man, I was battling through it. Um, I don't know what it was, but I really struggled. I think that just the oppression mm. that, you know, the being told what you had to do and what you couldn't do, like it was brutal. And I didn't realize it took a toll on me, toll on me until it just started. I, I just made an awareness like, man, I'm not the same person. I'm not showing up for my clients or for my family. Um, I feel, I'm feeling anger I'm feeling frustrated. And I was like, okay. Enough is enough. And I remember turning the corner. I'm like, enough, enough. That's when I actually did 75 yeah. hard. I'm like, I need to do something to focus my energy on something else because this is not serving yeah. me. And uh, I think that's- but, That's what I'm talking time. about. That's exactly the same thing. So I did 75 hard, exactly the same thing. And 75 hard, I did it back to back. So it was 150, 150 odd days straight. I did. Wow. And wow. I was fortunate. I remember where we lived back in, in Australia, back in Melbourne, we lived right near Albert Park Lake. Uh, for anybody who knows that's very Bayside's where they run the Grand Prix. It's a beautiful precinct of, of Melbourne. And I was running, I was literally like 500 metres away from Melbourne Park Lake and I'd be running around the lake every day. And interestingly, I noted that I had that same sort of thing as you, um, Lawrence. I had this undercurrent of frustration that I was trying to manage and deal with, but I didn't know how. And, and I knew expressing it through exercise was really helpful because even it mm. even influenced the music I was listening to. So I'd be listening yes. to music, I'd be listening to Rage Against the Machine while I'm running around the lake <laughs> and I'm going, okay, something's not quite right here. I better burn this energy off before I interact with anybody else. So that's that to me is like you've got to know yourself. You've got to know who you like. And if you're really snappy, for, for me, I don't, I, I don't use substances to numb those feelings. And a lot of people do if they don't have yeah. an outlet or a strategy to dissipate that. I've always used exercise. And I've always used particularly martial arts as a means of expressing that. Now, for, for a period of time when we couldn't do that, I was suddenly like, what do I do now? So I had to channel yeah. that and find meaning in this situation and, and rewrite the narrative and just try and get control back in self because I didn't appreciate that either. Well, that's going back to those three buckets, yeah. right? It's like there are things I couldn't control, restrictions, like no matter how much I hated them, it's, it was outside my control. But then I go to, well, what's the things I can control? I can definitely, you, no one's going to tell me what to do in terms of my body, in terms of how much I can exercise or, you know, go and actually, you know, move my body and actually start to exercise and burn off yeah. that energy. I'm like, okay, well, that's what I can do. I, you know, no one can tell me what I can put in my body in terms of like food and nutrition. I'm like, okay, that's right. what I can do. And that's why like the 75 heart got me focused. I'm like, that's what I can control. Yeah. And I'm going to focus my, most of my energy on things I can yeah. control. And, you know, the bucket of influence was like, who can I influence? Well, it's my clients, my people, my, my family, and that's what I can do. I mean, you know, I have no power in politicians to, to move things, and that wasn't my strength. But I knew I can focus on my energy in that, 
and then move away from the things I couldn't yeah. control because I was putting too much energy on things I couldn't yeah. control. Yeah, and that's that's exactly the same thing. That's exactly the same thing I did. I'd run around, burn off that that energy that wasn't that was like a toxic energy. And as soon as I drop, I drop straight into gratitude. Okay, what am I grateful? So while I'm panting and I, I pant and go, look, I'm grateful for the air in my lungs. I'm grateful for freight. I, I, I just rewire that. But I had to down-regulate that stress response in myself first to then be able to do that. And yeah. so I've always, like you've just said with the contrasts, um, I think I thought that was really quite relevant because it is. It's, you've got to be able to experience and feel them there to go, okay, that's what that feels like. That's what it feels like. I choose to go down that road and I choose to go there through these metrics that I find work well for me and I'm going to keep repeating those. Yeah, I guess also too, like you, it's interesting you sort of said, you know, you didn't use any substance and, um, you know, and you use the outlet of exercise. And I think, I, I wonder, you know, I didn't do either. Like, and, and it's because, you know, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't do drugs. And it's like, because I don't do those things already, like it, it wasn't as easy, ready, yeah. available for me to do that. And I would imagine for people who, you know, like I said, there's nothing wrong with it, but you know, if you do drink, it may have been easy to just go grab, you know, an extra alcohol to drink to kind of numb that pain or food uh, instead of, you know, using the outlet of exercise. We both use exercise. Like I showed up at the gym, um, even though it was by myself <laughs> because it was, you can only allow, I think two people at the time, um, you know, and, I, I use the same thing. And I thought not everybody's going to be using exercise. You know, we're just using as a, it just so happens that Jim and I both have exercise as one of our thing to kind of create that outlet for, for ourselves. And so I think it's important to find what that is for you. You know, so for some people it might be painting, some people might be meditation. Some people might be, you know, any like singing a song or just, you know, creating songs or playing guitar, playing a piano. I think whatever outlet it is, I think it's good to know, that now when things are not stressful so that when you are stressful when you are in a stressful situation you actually have an outlet that you already thought through yep. right don't wait until you're in the moment of stress to then make a decision because you you're already just imagine you're already stressed making the best decision probably isn't at the right that wouldn't be the right time i think it's better to make that those outlets known what those outlets are prior to being stressed and then so when when the stress levels are high then you already have your outlets and options ready available a really great bit of advice i had years ago was you can't set your happiness to everything being perfect because at any one time it's things will be up down they'll be oscillating and if you if you basically tag your happiness to the volatility and i learned that a lot in practice particularly because there were some weeks that were up weeks down weeks and if you sort of associated your self-esteem, your happiness, your worthiness, your joy to the roller coaster of practice or business or anything, then that's going to take you on a on a basically roller coaster ride to mental insanity. So you had I had to find a way of actually being in control of my emotions and regulating my emotions irrespective of what was going on externally. And that was a really big yeah. important um lesson and, and distinction for me. I think everybody does yeah. that. You know, a lot of my clients do it. And it's hard. I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. And in, in the we past, all have for sure. And we I probably have. it. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing how many people fall into that trap, right? We are our measurement of happiness is based on the value that you know whatever number you have in your head of what you think you should be doing, you know, or how much money you're making and all that stuff. And it's, it's amazing. And we lose sight, you know, when we think about that, I lose sight and appreciation of what is happening right now in the moment. And, and, and one of the things I, um, actually, so I, do, I, 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 
I um I did I shared a video today around when I was in like yeah I saw that one it was I great. talked about how I was talking about like how you know when I was when I first moved to Australia you know all of these people was like oh where are you from and I'm like I'm from Canada and they're all like wow I love Canada and I'm like it's Canada you know <laughs> it's like whatever like what are you talking about I'm in Australia <laughs> like yeah. you live here and uh, and then when, once I moved into Australia and you know I tell people from back home like oh you moved to Australia I'm like oh my god I would love to go to Australia. Right. And it's so funny. I'm like, you, you can come anytime. <laughs> Just buy a plane ticket. And, you know, and then when I, so the, the finishing part was when I was in Lake Como. I'm, I look at that, right. And I'm sure you would too. And you go, oh my God, Lake Como. This is like a dream come true. Like it's so gorgeous and beautiful. And I'm in here in Europe and, you know, blah, 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 admittedly. And it's so funny. Like I, you know, um, when we tell other parents, you know, uh, other, you know, people who lived here for a while, I'm like, oh, where are you going for, for holidays? And they're like, oh, I'm going to Switzerland to go skiing or I'm going to Italy. I'm just going to Paris. And it's like for an Australian and, and a Canadian or, you know, as or an American, or, you know, that is so foreign yeah. to us, right? You're like, like for us to go to Paris, it that's a one month trip, yeah. right? Or like, it, that's like a saving to, to get there. Like, that's a lifetime dream. And to like go to Lake Como and all this place, those are like a lifetime. For, but for a European, it's like, eh, it's like it's like going to yeah. Bali. <laughs> I guess, you know what I mean? And it's that, that contrast. It's like we're always trying to think it's so much better over there on that side. Yeah. And we never really appreciate the things I have. Like as a Canadian, I never appreciate Canada. Yeah. And as an Australian, I don't, you know, I at some point I was appreciating Australia, but I definitely over time after being 20 years, I didn't appreciate yeah. being in Australia. It's a really good point. It's a really good point you raise, Lawrence, because I, I would I'd love to talk to the ice cream vendor in Lake Como who is working yeah. sixteen hour days and people go, Oh, you must love living here. And he'll go, What are you talking about? This is just what I'm so used to. So it's a contrast. And it always used to happen to me because I always wanted to live by the beach and always wanted to live yeah. you know, um on, on the surf coast, on the Sunshine Coast in, in Australia or parts of the, the Mediterranean where it's beautiful and and, and, and beachy and I remember saying every time we'd holiday, I'd look, this is where I want to be. And Bettina, my wife, would say, yeah, but if you're still in work mode, you're not actually going to appreciate this as much as you think you do. So I really thought yep. about that. So all our holidays, I would always make sure we would go somewhere on a beach, right beachfront where I could go in there and spend three hours a day, get it out of my system and really appreciate it for yeah. the appreciation's sake. And I just found that I got so much more beach time than when I lived in Melbourne right on the beach and I was there every day, I probably didn't use it as much as when I had to go out on holidays to really make an intention to, to enjoy it. Well, it's funny because when I, we went, we went to Venice, right. And I was walking in the streets and I said, I, I don't know what came over me. I just sort of said to my son, I turned to him like, Oh, can you imagine if you just grew up here? Like if you were a kid, if you were born here, like by some chance you grew up in Venice, like this is not a tourist place where you actually visited. There's no, this is the place where you as a kid grew up as a baby and grew up here. I wonder what that would be like. He's what do you mean that? Like I go, like, like, like think about it. Like, it's not like playgrounds and grass and stuff. Like, what if you grew up here? Like, what would life would be so different than the life you lived so far? And he goes, Yeah, I guess so. And it's funny, we actually did a private tour. We hired a private tour and she took us around for a couple hours, seeing some parts of Venice, because it's all like someone kind of described something to me. So I know I'm just look looking at things. And and funny enough, she's born in Venice. She's a Venetian. And she was describing how, you know, life was like for her, you know, running around as a kid and going to her grandmother's house and how they had to, you know, they used to deliver like, you know, milk and they would just pull up the milk from the bottle. And it's like, oh, there yeah. you go. 
because we as tourists forget, right? People live there. It's not just like a, you know, destination, yeah. you know, it is a place where people grew up. It's not like Disneyland. It's not Disneyland where, you know, like that's the perception exactly. sometimes yeah, you yeah, have. Yeah. It's like, wow, this is, this is awesome. This is great. And everybody's a character yeah. in, in my story of enjoyment. Exactly. It is so funny. That's a great analogy. I guess Como is the same thing. I was in a hotel and I just walked down the street to the local grocery store to pick up some stuff. I'm like, there's an apartment, right? There. Like there's a house right there with kids' toys and a kid's thing. And they're just looking over like, oh my, I'm like, to, to us, it's like, oh my God, <laughs> you, you grew That's up right. here. Came, we spent thousands of dollars to come here to visit like once and they live here right there. But like you said, if you ask them, they'd be like, this is what we do. This is normal. Like this is what, like this is what we do. This is what we do. <laughs> right? Yeah, and there's probably these kids are inside looking at it, going, "Mom, Dad, there's more, there's more of these visitors just staring at us all." You know, like, but but it's <laughs> it's it's normalization. It's what feels normal to you. Yeah. You know, Lawrence, I, I, yeah. I was thinking about just as you were talking about that. You know, John DiMartini, obviously a professional colleague of ours, always talked about the support and challenge in those situations and scenarios. And any time that you look at your life situation and you feel like there's great support or great challenge I should say where things are challenging and difficult what helps you equilibrate that or even that out is to look for areas of your world where you're getting support so you know you we're artificially sometimes addicted to just good emotions and good feelings and whatnot even good things not realizing that that's like the universe and life out of balance it doesn't work that way there's ups and downs there's cycles for, for the for every day there is night for every cold there is heat and and that's just the normal cycle of the universe and life and that's that's the scenario and when we can embrace all parts of that and appreciate okay this is a challenging time and i I will endure i will find a way through this however to balance this out there's all these great things that are happening i think it just helps you to find balance and harmony and, and 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 sense in what's going on and I think it's harder in this in this day and age as well, because when you are in, just say, you know, you are in a very stressful situation, things are not going right, you may be in the middle of a breakup or, you know, whatever's going on in your life. When you look out into the world, and I mean the social media world, you see everybody being happy and everybody posting their best version of themselves. It almost makes it mm. worse, right? It's almost like I must be the only one going through this and everybody's enjoying themselves and it creates this ne- like this really bad loop and contrast and so i think it's important for our, for us to kind of you know recognize the world that we live in and appreciate that like, that it's not the story that you see or feel isn't worse than it actually yeah. is i think it's important to recognize the feeling that you're having but don't make it worse yeah. than it is you know and i think yeah, it's, it's funny i had, i was at uh jiu-jitsu training a couple of weeks ago and and what's amazing about living in a European city like that is you have international visitors and drop-ins from all over the place. You probably have that same thing in your box as well. Yeah. And so we had this guy come in from Finland and he was training. It was about the day after or the day before. So it was a day after it got released that Finland was the happiest place in the world for about the fourth year in a row. And I, and I quoted this um, bit of statistic to him and he had a laugh. He goes, really? He goes, Am I the only one who's not feeling that? You know that I'm not. I'm not like <laughs> I just feel so like uh, you know. How come everybody's happy, and not me? So it was it was this artificial construct that everybody's happy and everybody's living in um, Neverland, and La La I'm the only one yeah. who's actually not finding the peace and joy and harmony. So that's what I was thinking about when you were talking about other people who are going through yeah. challenges, thinking it's only you. Yeah, it's so funny. And one of those things in regards to 
like what we've been talking about appreciation is like finding the appreciation in the joy of life, right? And to finish off that part, you know, about Canada, Australia, and Europe and stuff, it's like we often don't find the success or don't appreciate what we actually have, you know, and because we're always searching for something else, we're always searching further away mm. from us rather than actually finding the appreciation. I think that's what you were mentioning about, like finding the appreciation of what you have right in this moment. And to be honest with you, going back to my trip, I am um, for the first, not in the first time, but it really, really hit home for me. And I don't know what it was, but I felt really compelled during this week. I just observed my kids and my family. And it's like the first time in a long time where I just, I didn't do any work. Mm -hmm. Like I really just didn't even bring my workout clothes. I didn't work out at all. And I just wanted to just spend time with them. And I just saw them play with each other and the train and the plane and, and just traveling together and just having fun. And it really hit me. You know, I did wrote a post about this was like, you know, there's a, there's a concept, um, by Jim Shields, a friend of mine who said, you know, 18 summers. And it really hit me at that moment. It's like, man, I don't have a lot of time. You know, I don't have a lot of time. I mean, I know there's more than that, but it's like, but it really kind of made me dial down whatever stress I had to really focus on this moment and be present with my kids, be present with my family and just enjoy the moment. And I think that's one of the reasons why the week felt like yeah. two weeks. It was just like seeing the laughters and, and the pictures that we had, because those are going to be burned in our memories for a very long time. Yeah, well, that was the appreciation of the magical moments. And they are magical moments, mm -hmm. man. When I, when I look back now, I, I have references and pictures in my mind of experiences that we've had that no one can ever take away from me. And they were reinforced by quality time. So I get that, and I get that why, that, why that's really important. And that's appreciating those moments. You know, it can be... Like you said, in Lake Como, it could be in your backyard, pitching a tent with your kid and just having a conversation about what's going on for them or just, you know, a conversation with a friend over a cup of coffee and just appreciating those magical moments. And I think it's actually interesting. Like I, I'd love to take that theme on and tell you a little bit about why today's yeah, a significant day for me as well too, Lawrence, because it's along that theme, right? So Today is a day, uh, it's a birthday of a friend of mine who passed away. And the the backstory to this is is really right in this area of appreciating every moment, every magical moment, because you don't know how long they're there for. And so uh, it's a story of Adam and, and you know, I, I do get emotional about this. Um, but Adam was a, a fantastic guy who I trained jiu-jitsu with. And... Ever since I knew, met Adam, this is going back 10, 12 years, he always was a guy who had a vision. You know, he was a strong in corporate, but he also had this other part of himself. You know, he, he trained in martial arts, but he had this social conscience and wanted to bring a jiu-jitsu school and run his own school and helped kids get on track with nutrition and get them on track with life, you know. So really kind of harnessing the power of connection, good food, martial arts, and just turning life on for kid for kids. And he was instrumental in guiding a whole lot of young men and women back on track. You know, he was that that solid mentor kind of a, a person. And so he, he was in Melbourne, trained with Melbourne for many, many years, and then he moved up to Brisbane to be closer to his family. And he continued on the chapter of our school. All right. So there's there, at that time there was only Oh gosh, there was only two schools, two, three schools in Australia. And he was about to set his school up. And he had a grand opening and let's say it's Saturday. It's on a Saturday. So on 
Friday uh, on Saturday there was going to be this big un- unraveling. Get, he's getting his accreditation. He was getting it upgraded, so he's actually upranked, and it was a massive, massive moment. And on Friday, I was due to fly up early Saturday morning and then be there for the the ceremony. Friday night, his best friend, who was also a jiu-jitsu guy as well, flew up and they were training. And they they they, they were talking just before they, they got off the mat. They were like, Adam, I can't believe this has happened. And Adam's going, yeah, I know, all this vision, this is like 15 years in the moment. I, I just, it was all going to happen. And and they went in and trained on the mat. They rolled, they rolled pretty hard. And literally Adam got off, uh, after they finished the roll, the session, Adam finished the session, got up and dropped dead on the mat. He literally um, oh passed out, you know, and in front of his whole school. And the the tragical part about that is his best mate at the time, Shane, he was, he was, um, he tried to resuscitate him and he, he, he couldn't. And Shane tormented himself for many, many years and, you know, a couple of years ago, he, he he took his own life. He just could not deal with the, the impact of that. And that story is a really tragic one and, and why it's relevant today is because it would have been Adam's birthday today. And so the people who know him know him and, and hold, you know, a light in his honour. But it really highlighted to me, you know, the day after this happened was when everything was going to be unveiled. The school, his grading, what he he dreamed of, and and he just didn't get to see it. It was a day of. So it was the most. When I flew up, I got to the set. It was the most somber day you can ever possibly imagine. And it really, it really shifted a lot of my mindset to finding the joy in all moments, even if they're tough, because the end point, yes, it may have there, but it, that end point might be one day beyond the day you expire and you never actually get to physically see that. So I really rewired my joy and happiness around the process as much as possible as opposed to the outcome. And mm. because the outcome sometimes, when, you, when you're trying to do big things and when you're trying to do legacy stuff, you may never get to see the impact of what it is that you're doing. You plant the tree and it's going to take 50 years to grow. You may not be there. But you've got to find the joy in that process on the day-to-day. Otherwise, you, you, you'll never fulfill yourself. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a powerful story and, and tragic as well at the same time. It, but yet, like, we want to be able to take, I don't, I don't know about you, but anytime I, I hear a story like that, or, and especially when someone I know, or, you know, like in, in this case, you know, I take these moments to... It, it and the question is why why does it take moments like that to really kind of shake yeah. us up right it, it because life moves on so quickly and i don't know like for me it definitely those moments are the ones that really kind of take i put myself in yeah. pause to find reflection and the reason why i do that is because it's to honor the person Right, not to honor a person because I go, because they gave us a gift. You know, I, as tragic yeah. as it is, that you know that thing that happened to them is a moment for me to reflect upon my life so that I can improve and get better. And I want to honor that, and I, I really cherish those moments to make sure I go, okay, let's 
let's find those appreciation. And I love the fact that you just said about the process because we're never going to find, we're never going to see the outcomes of what we do. And if you're lucky, yeah, sure. We get to see some outcomes and they're awesome. They're brilliant. And sometimes it's just, unfortunately, you know, it's well beyond, you know, your, your ability and length of time. And I don't know, like I'm, I'm going to shift gears here a little bit for you, but that story, mm-hmm. your friend, and what did you t- like for you, you obviously took the way from the, the process and, and focusing on that, but how has that shaped you in terms of how you now interact with, with life? Oh, massively, massively. And uh, in, in terms of if I didn't get to see tomorrow, I think that I don't, I don't want to leave anything unsaid. I don't want to leave things so open-ended that, you know, someone goes or I go and there's, that, there's the torment. Like the part that I, that I really take out of it was the incompletions for Shane the incompletions that that created for him where he just couldn't, he felt powerless, all those things. So to me, it's it's shaped me in a lot of ways in, in that if I stop putting off things, the one-day type situations, that one day becomes one week, one month, one year, two, it never happens. And so to me, I really started bringing experiences forward to appreciate them earlier and you know, I always had a delayed gratification element. I could do that. I could discipline myself to it. I got to the point where I went, okay, that's good up until the point where it doesn't want to serve you anymore. So I started to appreciate things more in, in the moment. So that was how it, it shaped it. I think for me, it also made me acutely aware of my own mortality. And and so, you know, I, I take my heart rate variability measurements all the time, every day. And if there's days where I get a reading that says, hey, listen, you need to just back the truck up a little bit, I actually listen to that. So I, I, I've got a, I've had to really evaluate just my whole just bullet a gate approach and, and listen more to life. So that's, that's in there. I've slowed down in certain things and I've gone, okay, look, you can let go and you can surrender the, the stress or the emotion or the panked up because it really doesn't matter really and also just to appreciate things sooner rather than later they're probably the big three things that i can i can mm. tangibly relate back to that experience which is relevant to what we're talking about today yeah powerful i'm gonna ask you a weird question Definitely. if tomorrow is the last yep. day for you yep. you would you be okay um yeah and i'll tell you why because oh, you know I've, I've had the gift of seeing my kids grow up I had the gift of knowing what it's like to feel unconditional love. I've been so mm. those parts are are there, and I also went for it when the opportunity came knocking on my door. And so there's there's no part of me now. For a long time, I probably thought about, gee, wouldn't it be great if? Wouldn't it? I'd love to do that. And right now, I'm actually doing what I want to be doing. It's not. It might not be exactly at the stage where I'm, I'm. I know where it's going, but no, I don't. I don't have the regret. I can't look back now and go. I wish I had moved to an opportunity, um, 
the other side of the world if it came. I wanted to explore. I, I look at this and go, okay, within reason, I'm do, now doing things that I want to do. And yeah. while I want to grow and um, still be around for a long time to contribute, I don't have the the incompletions that um, that I would have say even two years ago. Yeah, interesting. That's a good. That's look. That that's a powerful question. Let me reflect that back and ask you, Lawrence. Same sort of thing. So how? No, I'm going to deflect. You, I'm no, gonna deflect. deflect. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> no, no, I'm not just joking. I'm joking. I'm yeah. How, I'm how, how how would you answer that? I'll be fine. Uh, I'm I'll, I'm good yeah. with that. And the reason why I asked the question was because I want to talk about um, why, because I expected that from you and I knew my answer. Now, of course, do I want to live till I'm 100? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Would I be disappointed that I, yeah, of course. Like, especially, you know, what you just sort of said um, hit me hard, actually. It was, um, you know, my kids are yeah. still young, you know, 14 and 12 and still got a lot of life left and I wish I could, you know, I would, it would be very disappointing not to be able to see some of that, right? And so, however, I'm good. I would be good. And the thing that I want to talk about is why, why would we say that? Like from, like how, do, like I want to talk about what got us, what decisions have we made or what mindset that we have to have for both of us to answer that question that way, right? Because the reality is here is, it's like these, like none of us want yeah. to die. But the one truth that we all know is that we're all going to die. That's right. And and so I think, and I'll start. I'll start first, and maybe you can add on to it. Like I think one of the reasons why we are able to say that right now, at least I feel like it's the right thing. I, it's not the right thing to say. I, I do feel it that that's what I would. That's my honest answer. I'm not just making it up for you know for the podcast or anything. And the reason I can feel that is because I made choices so that I can have as little regret as much as possible. Now, do I have regrets? Of course. Do I wish to achieve more? Absolutely. Do I have things I'm striving for like you do? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not there yet. But I don't think that will ever end. But have I made good, good enough choices so far that I'm happy with? And it's minimizing that regret. And that, that I'm happy with. I think that that's what would be my answer to to why I would answer that way. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. Along the same lines. Along the same lines. You know, like I, I think that, you know, I, I, I loved my career in healthcare for a long time. I, I had an, the, the, the blessing like you to have such a huge impact on the health and well-being of our community. And that was I never took it for granted. There was also a part of me that knew there were other elements of myself like I, I've you know I've always admired someone who went I'm the one thing I'm going to do in my life and that's all and and I've always admired that because and I know you know I've had this discussion with many people and and people go when you have that single-minded focus it helps you do incre incredible things and I agree however mm -hmm. I appreciate mm -hmm. there are different parts of me that I needed nurturing and fulfilling and the entrepreneurial or business mm -hmm. side of it has always been running parallel and to me, for me to be doing what I'm doing and having the freedom and the flexibility to live my life the way that I have, to really go for it, that that I didn't realize how important that was until you've just asked me that, you know. So um, there would have been, had you asked me that question while I was back in Australia, there were parts that I just wasn't expressing. Even if it's not about endpoint, have you achieved them with the outcome? But it's like, hey man, did you did you back yourself? Did you listen to that inner voice that said? You, you know this is great however there's another part of you that you're not nurturing 
It could be a creative element. It could mm. be the corporate person who suddenly decides, I want to start a nursery, those kind of things. And to me, it's, it's I've been true to myself. And so that's why I feel I could answer that question. You know, there's so much things that I still want to do and achieve and uh, that are undone, but at least I feel like I'm congruent with who I am, what I stand for and what's important to me. And where that goes, um, you know, sometimes that's out of my control. Um, but, I'll, but I'll try and focus and influence what I can as much as I can for as long as I can. Yeah, agreed. And I think one of the things that, oh, for me was impact. Yeah. And I think it impacts for you too as well is that I be okay to, you know, leave now. Not that I want to, but I'll be okay with it because I know I've done enough. Could I do more? Yeah. But I've done enough to to make a difference in someone's yeah. life. You know, I'm not talking like, I don't know if it's the one person. I, I know at least one person that has been impacted, changed their life because I existed. And I'm good with that. And uh, I don't know if I told the story. I don't think, yeah, I don't think uh, the story was came true. Like I got an email uh, maybe two weeks ago and the email was, uh, hey, Lawrence, I'm not sure you remember me, but I saw you as a patient when I was 17 <laughs> years old. This is 10 years ago. And, uh, or actually, yeah, about 10 years ago. And, uh, just one of the, and he just gives me his life story. You know, he was a soccer player and actually went back to the UK to go play soccer. And, but then his life spiraled out. I think his girlfriend left him after two days and he, you know, went to, you know, just binge drinking and eating and just grew fat and, you know, just living like just a terrible life. And, and he goes, but he always remembered you know, my, like what I said to him when he, when I was adjusting him, you know, the confidence, the mindset and turn things around nutrition and all that stuff. And he goes, okay. Then he goes, then he switched that around took it upon himself. And then like over the next 10 years, he got the dream job. got the, you know, got his life back and back on track, his health back on track. And, you know, he's got to this point. He's like, I think he's about 28 now. I've achieved everything I wanted but I'm not happy. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do? And so I thought I'd email you and ask you. And it's like, I was like, whoa, I haven't, had a, I haven't actually had a chance to have a call with him yet, but because uh, he's in the working in the minds. And so I, I'm going to have a chat with him hopefully in a couple of weeks time. And, um, but to me, I was like, oh my God, right? Like that is one of the greatest gifts I've have had. Like, you know, I've had many of those, you know, moments where, you know, patients or people come to you and say something to you and go, like, you changed my life. Yeah you know, in some way. And I'm, and I, I mean, I would have never known. You talk about like things you just wouldn't know, like the impact you would have. That's one of them. And that's one of like, I don't know, you know, all the other people that, you know, that would never say anything. And I think since we're talking about appreciation here, this is just a good reminder. Like it had an impact on me. So his email had an impact on me to go, oh, I am doing something yeah. right or did something right, you know, in my life. And this is 10 years ago, but still like, it's like I'm on the right path. And it's a good reminder, right? Because sometimes we forget that the things that we do every day recording this podcast, it might be someone who's listening to this and go, man, that episode, right? That changed me, you know? And there's many of those type of stories and it's going to happen. And I think it's important to remind people to go, if there's a significant person in your life that had made an impact in your life, take the moment maybe just to send them an email, write a letter, or make a phone call with just pure intention, just saying, thank you. I did that. 
actually, sorry to make this story right. a little longer, a different story, but hey, it's your podcast. I, um, you go, you go. <laughs> I can take whatever I, talk, I want. Uh, there was a moment in, in when I was in grade eight, uh, I was a, a B student at that time. I was really good at math, but I was terrible at everything else. The only A's I ever got from grade four when I moved back from Hong Kong to Canada, from grade four to grade seven, all the A's I got was the three A's in math and everything else was a B and a C. In grade eight, there was a teacher. Her, her name is Mrs. Antown. And for whatever reason, I don't know if she did this on purpose or whatever, but I started getting A's in a whole bunch of things. At that moment, I was probably, what, 18? Oh, I was about 13, maybe, grade eight, so about 13, yeah, about 13 years old. Those A's that she gave me gave me all the confidence in the world for some reason at that age and going, I am smart. I can do this. And I went into high school from grade nine onwards. I've had straight A's ever since through university, to high school, to university, and then chiropractic college. And it was because I had a story mm -hmm. I told myself, but it stemmed from her, her confidence in me. She saw something in me. And I remember, and this is like, I did this maybe five years ago or something. So this is going back, I don't know, 25 years, maybe like, you know, later or 30 years later. Yeah. 30 years later, I, I got my dad to find out if I can, if she, he can track her email down and sure enough, I got her email and I actually oh, sent her beautiful. an email and told her that story. And I actually got on the phone call with her too, as well on Skype and on zoom or whatever it was. And, and just reflected of my, my thank and appreciation. And um, yeah, she remembered me and she just talked about, you know, she became a principal and also so forth. It was just really interesting. Cause like, it, like so that's my story is telling you, please take that moment. It is such a powerful, not just for yourself, but it's such a powerful thing for the other person on the other side, no matter how long ago it was. Um, I would imagine she would be appreciative of, of that knowing that she made a difference at least one student's like i mean my career my life it's not the only thing right but it's definitely one of the trajectory points that happened in my life that has yeah I, I love that for me i love that because it, it highlights not only the appreciation of self but appreciating other people and the gift they gave you sometimes and gosh Lawrence, that's probably a podcast episode in itself of of you know, the, the, the messengers and the angels that they come at the right time that whisper and give you that support and believe in you greater than you're feeling in yourself at that time. And that's just enough to elevate you to believe, you know, I think any time that I see a story along those lines where someone triumphs over adversity and triumphs, triumphs despite everything externally, not even supporting that even being a possible, but just one person believing in them, you know, and being that that that's the difference that makes a difference and being grateful for those type of people in our world is is special and wonderful and i love the fact that you were able to give the gift back to this this teacher to go you know thank you i really appreciate you and you know this is the the outcome of everything that you invested in our in your students thank you and and you know that's paying it forward yeah. that's that's beautiful yeah, and I, and I would really encourage anybody listening, like if this speaks to you in some way, I'd love for you to do it. I'd love to, you know, hear, like, it is not really to get a response. It's really more for you to just put more love and thank you back into the gratitude into the universe and, and um, you know, and, and 
provide that for because I, I think it can shift someone's life. I mean, I know that how much that email or those type of you know emails or letters come to me, you know, and what that means to me. I've kept a lot of those letters for my patients. Um, so, I actually found them uh, when I moved, you know, and it's like, oh crap, like man, it just it shifts you right, it moves you. You're like, man, you forget about that. And those are the only ones who actually said yeah. thank you, right? Those are the ones who actually mentioned something. And there, I know there's other ones that just haven't had the opportunity or the time. And but uh, yeah, so I would definitely encourage you to, you know, if you, this speaks to you as an audience, uh, please, you know, say thank you to someone uh, that you feel appreciated. It could be your parents, it could be an uncle, it could be an aunt or a grandfather. Uh, grandmother or whoever um i think that will it would it would change yeah their life. you know it would add that's, to their life it's, it's so true it's beautiful to receive that Lawrence. i'm just i'm going to finish up by saying that when i finished up in practice my wonderful assistant and pa coordinated a, a project for everybody who wanted to to write a note to me to thank me for you know um being part of their world and their their life and their family's life over many years, over twenty odd years, and she, um, it was this huge book. She bound she bound it up for me, and my last day of practice, I'm reading through this. I'm just bursting into tears, where I'm just reminded back of the memories and the and the love and the appreciation people have for what we expressed and did out of wanting to help and serve, and how much value and and gratitude they had for that so to actually see it to receive it it's a beautiful gift and uh, i'm carrying on from what you said with your teacher it'd be a wonderful thing to receive um if you feel that there's someone like that who's really significantly um played a big role in your life as well well on that note uh you know this podcast about appreciation we jim and i both appreciate all you listeners you know listening to this and uh sharing this podcast with everyone I know that we wouldn't be here unless, you know, someone there is listening on the other end of it and uh, are finding value of it. If it does, if this speaks to you, please, you know, share this with others and comment and, you know, like and share YouTube, Spotify, wherever you hear, hear or see these podcasts, please uh, continue onwards because it, those little comments here and there encourages us to continue doing what we do. Uh, and it reminds us that this is important work. So uh, until next time, we'll see you next time on the Wabi Sabi podcast. Thank you.